It's funny. That's our number one complaint from listeners. If anyone leaves it on, all you hear is the bloop, bloop. Uh, around the <laughs> yeah. thing that drives people insane. <laughs> 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 He's true Bokans, diverse. The Bokans, varieties immense. Ethnic, cultural, religious groups, discussions get intense. So please, please consider if your actions might cause some offense. Please be considerate. Okay, I'm Andrew Riley. This is Drupal Easy Podcast number 180. And uh, welcome to our guest. How's it going, Mike? All right, all right. Hopefully you're going to edit out everything that just happened for the past five minutes, right? <laughs> yes. Yep. It's okay. going to be like magic. Seamless. Yep. And uh, sorry, and your full name is Mike Anello. Just for anyone listening, they want to confuse you with the mic down the street. That's correct. Welcome to Kelly Curry. How's it going, Kelly? Hey, it's going well. Okay. And let's see. We have our special guest this week, Sarah Thresher. How's it going, Sarah? Uh, good morning. It's going all right. Okay, so uh, let's move into uh, talking about uh, why uh, Sarah's here. Uh, now, Sarah, you're a front-end developer with Acquia? Yep. But I think you're going to be talking about something than just being front-end developer at Acquia, right? Um, yeah. Um, we're putting together Drupal GovCon in D.C., um, so I'm here to talk to you guys about that. Awesome. Mike, uh, you want to kick us off on this one? Yeah, before we do, let me just mention real quick our sponsor, uh, mydropwizard.com. They offer Drupal 6 long-term support. Um, maybe you heard our podcast, actually it was 10 episodes ago, which sounds like a lot. Uh, probably it was. Um, back in February, uh, David Snowpeck from mydropwizard.com talked about his uh, uh, this Drupal 6 long-term support offering that my drop wizard offers. And the deal is that Drupal six is now end of life. So there will be no more releases for Drupal six, but there's still an effort by uh, various organizations and individuals to provide security patches for Drupal six core, as well as um, some uh, Drupal six modules. So what this Drupal 6 long-term support offers is that they will take care of your Drupal 6 site for you. They will make sure all of the patches that are released are applied to your site and that your site is kept secure and can keep on running until such a time that you decide to upgrade it to Drupal 7 or Drupal 8. Um, they also do support maintenance for Drupal 7 and Drupal 8. Those plans are actually a bit cheaper than the Drupal 6 long-term support, so that's a bit of a bonus for you. And if you are a development shop, uh, they will white-label their services. So this is a service that your development shop can offer uh, invisibly to your clients. So you definitely want to check them out at mydropwizard.com slash drupal-6-lts for long-term support. All right, so Sarah, let's talk about GovCon. Let's uh, let's kind of get all the facts out of the way first. Um, first of all, when is GovCon? Um, that's going to be July 20th through 22nd. And that's, you guys do your event, It's uh, those are weekdays, correct? Yeah, they're weekdays. It's, um, it's easier for government employees to go to things if it's something that they're actually doing for work. Um, so... so 
We, we find that is more there, people actually show up <laughs> on on uh, weekdays versus the weekend. Are there any um, like sprints or anything on the following weekend, or is it just pretty much those three uh, days and and everyone's out? We have a out? bit of training, but now it's pretty much all during the week. Right, right, right. And um, so it's GovCon, so that kind of gives us a clue. But where is uh, GovCon taking place? Um, it's held at the NIH, which is on the metro in Bethesda. So um, it's in Maryland technically, but it's very easy to get to from DC. So if someone's traveling by, let's well, let's kind of by car. Then obviously they would drive there by train. They could they would take the train basically into DC, and then they can hop directly on the metro the to get medical there. Medical center, yeah. And um, I I actually take a, a ride on bus from my house. <laughs> um, so there's lots of ways you can get there. Okay, and then how about if people are coming from a long distance? Uh, I guess any of the, the, the D.C. airports would yeah, work um, for that, right? Actually, for them, we have a page on the site that has hotel information um, okay. for, like nearby hotels. Uh, but you would definitely want to get somewhere on the metro, probably, if you're coming in from out of state. All right, very good. And how many people do you guys expect to have? Uh, over 1,100, which um, we were talking about that this morning, and DrupalCon DC had about 1,400, so uh, we're getting pretty large. <laughs> wow. Now, do you have 1,100 all, like, each day, or is it, you know, That's maybe 400 total, each total day? Total registrations, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, when you have, like, the registrations, definitely actual attendance drops off a little bit from there, but... So, Sarah, and this is a free event, correct? Yeah, it's completely free. Yeah, so that makes figuring out the numbers a little bit more difficult because I, I think the number that most people use is if you offer a free event, you're going to get about 25% no-shows. Right, people are a little less committed. Right, and then depending on the day, you know, um, you may not have 1,100 people there each day. You might have you know, somewhere in the you know, five, six, seven hundred, 700 people there per day, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see after the event what the final total is. Yeah. So do you got so how does it work? Are there how, how, I mean how big are the rooms and as far as how many tracks are going on at any given time? Oh, uh, we have several tracks. Um, there's one one large um, hall that is uh, kind of a conference hall, um, and then there's a bunch of smaller rooms in the building. It's a, a pretty decent location, and we have um, six session track uh, five session tracks. About <laughs> there's oh, a business, wow. there's a code and DevOps, a front end track and a site building track, and then several keynotes and trainings that are taking up other other areas. Yeah, speaking of trainings, I would actually I'm, I'm giving one and I would actually pimp it, but it's already full. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a wait list for it. So um, you know, again, it's a free training, so uh, you know we're kind of assuming that we're going to get about a 25% no show rate. So if you're Interested? It's uh, um, you know, there's a waiting list, and you can get to it from the the GovCon website. But there's a bunch of trainings going on every day, correct? Yeah, there's there's um, tons of training. I actually gave one last year, like a full day training, and um, it's kind of fun, especially um, since they're free. It's you get a lot of new people who wouldn't have yeah. otherwise done something like that. And for the trainers, it's kind of low pressure because it's free. So you don't <laughs> have to work that hard. I don't know about that. No. One. <laughs> No, 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 no. Work harder. <laughs> Much that's the, right. That's the answer. You're, you're committed to your audience, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, how about sessions? Tell me about you know. So, this is GovCon. Are the sessions geared mainly towards 
um, you know, people who work on government sites, or is this more of, uh, are the sessions more of like what you would see at a typical Drupal camp that are kind of all over the place? It's pretty typical, um, except that there's definitely more government attendees. I mean, not that they don't go to other events, but we definitely have a concentration. And then um, the case studies do do lean more government. Like there's there there's a lot of um, people who are involved with agencies talking about specific projects that they did for their .govs. Um, and a bit more of like how to work with government with your agency or if you're in an agency. Right. So I guess, I mean, if I were a, you know, kind of, you know, an intermediate Drupal developer, I didn't work on government sites. Um, but I, you know, would, would this camp have enough to offer me to go? Uh, Yes. And I actually think that that's one of our chief challenges is we, we do have GovCon in the name. And I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, well, I don't do government. Why should I? But um, we, we definitely have plenty of sessions that are development specific and have nothing to do with Gov specifically. Because, I mean, even if you are like a government Drupal developer, you're still doing Drupal, right? Like there's nothing. Right. Most, right. most of the government requirements are around regulations that need to be followed and, you know, um, various levels of compliance for different things. And um, so I, I think that it makes sense that those are more on the business side, the government specific content. Um, whereas like we have, you know, sessions on like BHAT and uh, com- Drupal console and configuration management and, you know, CSS sessions. I'm, I'm giving one on living style guides. Um, you know, there's yeah. a whole gamut of regular development type stuff. And I, there's definitely like, I, I have done a lot of government contracting in my career in the DC area, but, um, the local agencies do all kinds of other work. There's also, uh, tons of media type work. There's nonprofits, you know, so I think it's a, a good mix. All right. So it's definitely not a Drupal gov can, you know, gov con that excludes non gov stuff. Right. But right. we are, we are, um, at the NIH and there will be a significant government presence. So, Absolutely. And then um, you guys do something a little bit different where you have a keynote each day. Yeah. So, um, so, tell me a little bit about the, the <laughs> keynoters. Yeah. Um, so on Wednesday, we've got Allison Kappen, who is with Rad Campaign. Um, and I think that's going to be a really exciting one because um, she's involved in helping women to run startups, which is, I think that's just very cool. Um, and I think we were lucky to get her. Um, and then we have, uh, folks from the NIH talking about their, their Drupal usage. So that's, you know, that's again, like I was saying there, there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff uh, that people who do work in the government have to say about their challenges, uh, trying to get their jobs done. Um, and then we have a security, uh, keynote from Laura Bell on, uh, vulnerability testing, which, um, I think everybody is interested in security, but you know that's definitely of interest to people who work in the government, <laughs> um, because their sites are typically more targeted. So, what makes GovCon different from other Drupal events? Um, I think we have what we're talking about quite a large size as far as Drupal camps go. I mean, there's there's a few other camps that are as large, but um, you know, we're, we're right up there as one of the bigger ones. And then obviously the, since we lean towards uh, all this government content, uh, I don't think that that's something that you would see a lot of at like, let's say New York camp or bad camp 
So it might be a pro or a con, depending on what you do in your career. (laughs) (laughs) Are there, are there particular sessions that you're really excited about? Uh, Yeah. um, My friend Alexis is giving one on CSS animation. Um, I think that one's going to be pretty exciting. Um, There's a lot of good sessions this year. I think it was a, there was a lot of interesting stuff submitted. Well, I was looking at the schedule and I, I can't attend, unfortunately, but I'm really excited about the scavenger hunt. Please tell me more about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, that's one of those people who are sitting there at the booths, um, you know, it's good to give people incentive to go around and talk to all the different people that are hanging out there. So, so is the deal that, so attendees will be given something, you know, like a piece of paper or something or bingo. Yeah. A bingo card with, with various companies and you can go around and, get stamped and any anything else on the schedule that people should keep an eye out for um i i think that the the trainings are one of the big kind of cool things like how how often do you get free training like anywhere (laughs) right and it looked like some were full day and some were half day so you could kind of mix those in with going to sessions and um you know sort of set your own schedule is that right yeah yeah, this it's another interesting thing that GovCon does is they don't have a separate day for trainings. Their trainings are kind of intermingled with all the sessions as well. Yeah, and um, there's going to be some code sprints in a few of the, the rooms around the training area as well. Um, and again, that, that's not a separate day. That's kind of intermingled yeah. with the rest of the... And I think this is the way GovCon's kind of, you know, at least for the past two or three years has operated, right? This is kind of the... Just the way that it's been organized. I know you're new to, to being an organizer, but yeah, not as an attendee though. Yeah, I mean, I think um, we've been at the NIH like the last several years, and kind of got the thing down. <laughs> like, um, we just keep getting bigger and bigger, but every year has got pretty similar um, schedule. How did you did you how did you go from being an attendee to an organizer? Was that oh, your decision <laughs> or did... Kirsten's like, so uh, <laughs> would you like to help out? Um, pretty much drafted. Exactly. Well and told. No, it's did fine. you show up did you show up somewhere on a list of organizers before you were even asked about it? Oh no. Um, <laughs> I've known Kirsten for a while and um, you know, she's she's great at um, getting people involved. Uh, like she's she's been doing a lot of other um, aside from GovCon like government related programming in the area and uh, since I I used to do a lot of government projects um, you know we've known each other for a while. So it looks like there there are a lot of great sessions geared towards developers. Do you also have uh, things for decision makers or other? Oh yeah, there's a whole there's a whole business track and. Um, like I was saying, there's there's a lot more of the um, type of like case study sessions on there, and also ones on like running an agile team or um, doing estimations and things like that. So uh, that's a pretty important component. Okay, unbelievably, they are now cutting the grass outside of my office. <laughs> <laughs> they they wait so, until you start recording, basically. Oh. Well, they were vacuuming like right at eleven, and now they're cutting grass. So I'm gonna. You have people that vacuum their outdoors by you? (laughs) No, 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 no. The office. Oh, okay. Vacuuming (laughs) the sidewalk. Who doesn't do that? 
Exactly. <laughs> the jackhammer stopped over here, so it's actually improved on my end. Oh, very good. Very good. All right. So, Sarah, you're going to stick around for the rest of the podcast, right? Well, you yeah. have to because, yeah, because <laughs> originally it was going to be you and someone else who's going to go unnamed. Um, <laughs> Who, uh, who couldn't who couldn't uh, who couldn't get his connection uh, in order in time? So now I imagine that person sitting in a dark room like sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The, the sad thing is, I don't know him at all, so it's difficult for me to tease someone that I don't know. So we're just gonna rather than tease him, we're just gonna we're gonna pimp Sarah even more. You, you know Sarah's, what? Sarah's like now officially like the the, the leader of GovCon. Oh God. <laughs> No, no, no. That's the second time you've said the word pimp on this podcast. I just want to put that out. Just in this episode or ever? No, this episode. Oh, God. The Code of Conduct song, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I'm I'm using it in the best way possible. (laughs) Which, okay, I should probably stop talking now. (laughs) Oh, that was holding on. That was going to get really interesting. See? Self-control. That's what I'm all about. So, all right. Well, real quick, let me talk about before we get into three stories. Um, let me talk about some Drupal Easy news real quick. About a week and a half ago, we graduated our latest class of Drupal Career Online graduates, our Spring 2016 class. Um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, the Drupal Career Online is a 12-week. Uh, Drupal training program. Uh, it's run three half days per week, so it's not a full-time boot camp type of scenario. It's something a little more reasonably and sanely paced. And happy to announce that um, applications are now open for our fall session of the Drupal Career Online program. It begins September 26th. Um, you will learn site building and module de- development and theme development, as well as a healthy dose of just developer workflow you know, learning how to set up your local environment and how to use Git and Drush to manage remote environments, um, how to use features to move configuration from one place to another. So what we're looking to instill in people is, you know, real-world best practices, um, skills that they can take from our class directly into a junior developer position. Um, we know it works. We've got you know, great success. Um, you know, two of our graduates already have, uh, have, have offers on the table. So, um, really happy about that. So definitely check it out. You go to drupaleasy.com and right on the homepage there, uh, there's a training link and, um, definitely check it out or pass it along to someone who you might think, uh, would be interested in, you know, learning how to build Drupal sites the right way. Um, and currently our curriculum is a blend of Drupal 7 and Drupal 8. Um, I, I do want to throw that out because we get that question a lot. Um, so we do teach both Drupal 8 module development and Drupal 8 theme development, as well as Drupal 7 and 8 um, site building. So it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of work right now with you know, kind of two major versions going on, but it's, uh, it's worth it, and, and our, our students, uh, you know, they tend to succeed. So, Andrew, we got some stories. Yep, we have some stories, and just for everyone uh, listening along, uh, you can always find these links uh, that we've talked about previously and that we're going to be talking about at drupaleasy.com slash podcast. So three stories. The first one, let's be human at the DrupalCon. Yeah, I'll cover it real quick. I think, Kelly, I think we've talked about this, haven't we? Or was it, maybe I've talked about this with Anna. 
Uh, well, it came up. We we mentioned it in the last podcast when we were talking to Schnitzel. Um, oh, right, and, right, and we right, also right. talked about Mike Bell. So we've had two guests recently um, who fit into this theme. Right. And that theme being, um, you know, so at DrupalCon Dublin, uh, there's going to be a track called Being Human. And it's basically the non-technical side or, you know, talking about some of the non-technical challenges that we as developers face, um, whether it's a, you know, a mental health issue or just staying physically and emotionally healthy. healthy. Um, it, it, things have been kind of going in this direction in our community for, I would say, at least a couple of years where we're starting to take notice that there's a lot of people who do a lot of great technical work, but you know, in order for someone to remain a happy, healthy contributor, um, you know, they need to not only service their technical brain, but also their, you know, their, their, their physical being and their emotional being um, and their mental being as well. So balance, if you will. Uh, balance, exactly. So um, I'm super happy that this is actually an official track at, at, at DrupalCon uh, Dublin. Um, I with all of the talk about, you know, these community keynotes, which have kind of been going in this direction, I, I can't, um, I, I can, I can't imagine, I guess I should say that this is going to be something moving forward that we're going to see at, at future Drupal cons as well. Um, I think DrupalCon Dublin is, is probably just the start of this. Um, I hope so. I think this is a great, a great idea for a track. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we, you know, with all of the talk about burnout, with the Drupal 8 development cycle, um, you know, being able to support our community in non-technical ways, I think is, uh, is really important. And I, I also think it's something that, you know, we're ahead of the curve on when it comes to other open source projects, which is always a good place to be. Well, and this seems like a, a sign of maturity for the Drupal project. I mean, I remember a few years ago when, any shop that was hiring developers was for looking for rock stars or had a cliche like we work hard and play hard and a lot of those things, which basically meant you were chained to your desk. It's nice to see that the community is moving past that. You have to give up your whole life to contribute and it's actually giving something back to people. Right. Not only moving past it, but basically embracing the fact that, you know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to go, you know, take care of the rest of your of your life, um, and you know we support that. And if you're feeling that you're out of balance, you know, here's some you know resources to help get you back in balance. So, so you're saying yeah. it's okay that I missed six podcasts in a row? <laughs> well, you know, we're docking your pay. We're going to cut your pay in half. Oh, darn! <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to do it this way and announce it, you know, on the podcast like this, but. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to take the the uh, half of your pay that we're not giving you and we're going to give it all to Kelly. Okay. So. Let's make it 200%. <laughs> well, we'll see how Kelly does the rest of the podcast. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. Yep. <laughs> all right. What's, what do we have next here? Next up is 10 things every junior Drupal web developer should know. That's hard to say. It's a post by Jonathan Westman. So did anybody else go through these 10? I've actually I, I seen this one before, yeah. All right, any like gut reactions to this blog post? So I want to know what people think of number six and number 10, which are number six is a framework, and number mm-hmm. 10 is a CMS. So ideally some other. So these are two that I absolutely 
did not have. Um, I did a little bit of WordPress before um, I married Drupal, but really, <laughs> really mostly, most of my CMS experience is Drupal. Um, and I don't have, I haven't done any Angular or Ember or any of that. Um, I feel like until we're actually doing headless Drupal, we don't need that. Um, so somebody talk, talk me into why we actually do need those things. And uh, no, no, I'm not going to talk into why. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm stepping over the line. I'm clearly on your side of this discussion. <laughs> so I, I took number six a little differently, even though it gives the example of Angular, Angular 2 backbone. If you're going to be doing like PHP development, you might want to learn a different PHP-based framework, even if you want to go further into the Symphony or Composer side, just to get some comparing and contrasting. Uh, not so much on the JavaScript side just yet. I'm for so, it. Um, I think uh, they're not that hard to pick up the basics on. And if you've learned one of them, at least you've got some more concepts to even think about whether you would want to go headless or not. So for me, there was like one thing that the reason why I added this article to the queue is, you know, one that we might talk about was I think the title of this article is wrong. I think this is 10 things every junior front-end Drupal developer needs to know is, is a better title. Really? I really do. Front-end? I, I, I think it feels like a very front-end specific list to me. And so I'll, I'm going to go through the whole thing right now. It is pretty front-end specific. Uh, see? This is why Sarah's <laughs> in charge of GovCon right there. <laughs> Decisions like that. Um, okay, version control. Completely agree. And that doesn't matter if you're front-end or back-end or whatever. You're version control, absolutely. Command-line interface, you know, it's, it's, it's a fact, right? If you're a professional Drupal developer or if you're on the way to being a professional Drupal developer via being a junior Drupal developer, you need to know the command line. So that's, that's no problem at all. Package managers, this is where it starts getting a little front-end-y for me. And yeah. granted... You know, granted, with Drupal 8 and Composer, we're moving in this direction to use a package manager for, for you know, non-front-end applications. Um, but does a junior developer need to know package managers to get a junior developer position? Well, here's the thing. I should never be allowed to theme or style anything. But it's, <laughs> it's not fun when I just need something really simple like a color of a link changed. And I have to go find a themer to say, hey, can you change this? No, if I have SAS installed and know how to go ahead and compile it, I can make that small change. So I see that everyone needs to know a little bit of it, at least. Yeah, I actually have kind of a pet peeve with junior developer and front-end developer being conflated, (laughs) which I I think I've seen this a few places where people act like front-end developer is sort of your intro to development and you're going to grow up into a back-end developer. (laughs) <laughs> oh no i yeah no that's that's yeah, crazy that, talk that would be a weird that's not cool. path <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know like that if you're starting out you're going to be doing like the css or whatever instead of it just being a different a different focus so i think it's okay that to say that a junior developer should know what a package manager is and maybe it's just my definition of what a junior developer is but you could have a junior developer who is you know wicked good at site building and um, and module development and, you know, never really touched the front end and they could be a really good junior developer. Heck, they can even be a really good, like, experienced developer and not have touched package managers yet. And granted, we're moving in the direction where, you know, 
knowing some package managers, you know, composer or, or, you know, Bauer or whatever, you know, that that's going to be a good idea in the future. But I think as of today, I don't think we're quite there yet. Unless, unless the title of this article includes the word front end. So I'm going to keep going. Uh, number four is contributing back. I think we can all agree on that one. Number five, CSS preprocessors. You know, just rewind the podcast about 15 seconds to listen to what right. I said about package managers. But also, um, for- but also to what Andrew said. Um, I mean, I definitely was in that situation where I sent something off to the developer that I was working with, and he needed to make a simple change, and mm-hmm. he didn't have he didn't know SAS, and he didn't know how to get stuff to compile, and you know, he screwed up everything because I hadn't explained <laughs> all of these tools that I was using that he was going to need in order to do anything with the site. So, um, right. so it's not, that's not a bad tip for anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, your, it's the, your project, a difference between uh, should have some kind of method that everyone can use to get set up and to, to run these things so people don't inadvertently break something. Yeah, but well, there's a difference between being aware of preprocessors and being able to get one up and running in 10 minutes on your local machine. Right? So as a junior developer, you should be aware of what a CSS preprocessor is and does and kind of what the implications are. But if you're not a a junior front end developer, I mean, you know, I think maybe just being aware is enough. Um, number six is a framework. We talked about that. Number seven, templating. I'm perfectly fine with saying, you know, junior developers should understand how to override a template, regardless of what their, you know, their particular niche is. Um, basic debugging. I think I'm cool with that as well. Uh, unit testing, code testing. Again, now I think we're kind of in the gray area again. It, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty experienced developer, um, you know, both front end and back end. Um, but for me to write a unit test is, you know, that's like, oh my gosh, clear, clear, clear my afternoon, you know, because I've got to go <laughs> kind of relearn all this stuff again. See, I, I think the unit testing, while not everyone is, you know, really experienced in it, if I was a junior developer starting in this day and age, I'd want to learn that from the get-go to kind of set up that good habit. Yeah, I, I can see that. So test, you know, you you would want your junior developers to learn test-driven development. Yep. Right. No, I, I could buy that. I could buy that. But if you were going to hire a junior developer today and they did not know how to write unit tests or use Selenium, would that disqualify them? It, n- not for a developer, no. I'd be not really shocked if a junior came in and said that they knew that already. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. <laughs> and then number 10, a CMS, that just sounds, that's just, a, you know, that's nutty. I mean, it's kind of like, well, obviously, obviously you should know a CMS. And it's probably going to be Drupal, but it'd be good if you knew some another one. But again, if you were, if you had a, you know, someone applying for a junior developer developer position, and they, you know, were really good at Drupal and they didn't know any others, it's not going to disqualify them from a junior developer position. Yeah, I think the point of your junior devs is you expect to do a bit of training. Right. Exactly. So it's uh, so I want to give uh, Jonathan Westman a, a shout out. He's the guy who wrote this list and. Um, well, first of all, I want to thank him for giving us a, a fun topic to talk about. And we, while we may or may not agree with everything he writ, he wrote, he, I think um, I think a few years from now, this is probably going to be a pretty good list for junior developers. 
Uh, well, let me for junior front end developers. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as a front end person, the unit testing is a little bit out there. Yeah. Right. That's the one that seemed not very front endy to me. Also. All right. So we're all in agreement that we all agree with me. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, quick, let's go to the next story before someone says something that disagrees with me. Okay, quick, uh, Drupal Norths. Apparently some people went up to the uh, frozen tundra called Canada, right? Yeah, let me tell you something. It was neither frozen nor tundra. Um, so I was there. Anne was actually up there as well. Um, Ted was up there as well. Uh, and there were a few other people. It wasn't just the three of us at, at this camp. Um, really, so up in Montreal, it was uh, last week. A really, really excellent event put on by a great, uh, great group of people. It was uh, one day of training. I did a, a Drupal 8 module development training on Thursday. Uh, sessions were Friday and Saturday, uh, code sprint on Sunday, which unfortunately I had to, I, I flew home on Sunday, so I missed most of that. Um, really excellent location right in downtown Montreal. Um, you know, great food, great people, just a really, really nice, well put on event. I can't, I can't recommend it more. If, I mean, and if you're in the Northeast, if you're like in New York City or, or North, um, it's like half a day's, maybe a little more than half a day's drive up there. Well worth it. Um, I think they had something on the order of 250 people, 300 people there total over the, the, the three days. Um, just an excellent venue, some really good sessions. Um, uh, really, really polite people. So, uh, you know, no code of conduct issues whatsoever. Everyone was saying please and thank you uh, pretty much constantly. So that was nice. Um yeah, so I just wanted to mention that and give a shout out to the organizers because I thought they did a great job. Awesome. Do we have any listener feedback? We do not. Okay, everyone wrote in to say Andrew is awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the picks of the week where uh, all of our hosts uh, pick something. It may be a module, maybe a theme, it may be even not even Drupal related, uh, but it's something that we think you should know about. Uh, so to kick us off, going down the list, Mike, uh, what do you have? All right, so my pick of the week is textio.com, and I actually um, picked this up uh, actually at a keynote, one of the two keynotes at Drupal North from Kathy Fays, who was giving the keynotes. Um, and what it is, it's a website that helps HR folks write better job descriptions. Um, and one of the reasons why I love it is, you know, you read these job descriptions. Go to jobs.drupal.org if you want, like, a good laugh. Because some of the job descriptions are ridiculous. The amount of buzzwords and just it, – it's it, – it, I don't know if it's just me. It's like a pet peeve of mine where it's you know 80%. – it's like reading resumes. It's 80% fluff and BS and 20% actual meat. Um, this textio.com site actually calls out the fluff and says, don't use that phrase. It's overused or it's buzzword compliant or something. Just take it out. It's not necessary. Um, it's just, it's a really, really cool, clean site. You put in your potential job description and it kind of, it will give you some tips on how to clean it up and make it actually useful for job seekers. So um, I'd flag if I post a job, uh, job listing of, uh, Ajax cloud, uh, developer rockstar ninja. Exactly. And, you know, so my favorite one is just, you know, throw, make sure you throw the word synergy somewhere. Oh, yeah. Watch that get flagged, like, immediately. 
I don't know how I feel. It's going to get rid of all the red flags. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I, I like it. It's just, it's clean and it's kind of, uh, it's something we need to kind of just cut down on the level of just BS in, in both resumes and job descriptions. I just, I, I like facts. So well, I guess if they get rid of the buzzwords, we can still look for them requiring things like 30 years Drupal experience and stuff <laughs> that's never actually even possible. Well, I think the challenge is to come up, be on the cutting edge of new buzzwords that won't get caught by this service. Pre-buzzword. <laughs> Pre-buzz. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, let's see. My pick of the week. Uh, it's not a module. It's uh, just a generic announcement. Uh, the Drupal Association is running their become a certified Drupal Association member. I don't know. What is it? Drive? Um, basically, uh, they want you to sign up to become a Drupal Association member. And now you can have a certificate that you can print out. Uh, so you can like hang that up on their wall and say, hey, I'm a certified uh, member. So if you're listening to this, that means you're probably interested in Drupal. And if you aren't a Drupal Association member, I really, really suggest you become one. They uh, help put on the DrupalCons. They run Drupal.org or they're in charge of running Drupal.org. There's a lot of things that the Drupal Association does. So please sign up. I'm even signed up, unlike my lapse of three months ago. Hey, so what's this other little note you left in the rundown? Oh, yeah. I'm glad I put that there because I forgot even about my note. So the next time I'm on the podcast, I'll have uh, something cool that uh, me and my team have been working on for a while to announce. If you were at uh, DrupalCon New Orleans, uh, Micah Godbolt talked a little bit about it. So there's a teaser. Uh, hopefully you'll be listening for when I appear next time. All right. So your team, you're talking about your team at Red Hat? Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Little teaser. Tune in. You never know when Andrew's going to be on. It could be next week. (laughs) It could be sometime in December. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) probably December. And Kelly, uh, what's your pick for this week? All right. So as the front-endiest of the co-hosts, I always feel the obligation to pick a really front-endy pick. Um, So this week I'm going with Typography, which is one of my favorite Drupal modules. Um, And for those of you who are front-endy, you know the pain. You build this beautiful site um, and then you're and you think a lot about the typography and you make it really nice and then your clients go in and they paste all this stuff from Microsoft Word and it has all these like terrible straight quotes and hyphens instead of m dashes and the whole thing makes you crazy um and i can't believe i'm going to do this but i'm going to call out Dries on his blog has this exact problem um gorgeous blog and then all these straight quotes and double hyphens um so the solution to this in drupal 7 is this module typography um which will take all that stuff and auto magically fix all your typographers quotes and turn multiple hyphens into end dashes and prevent you from getting like one word stuck by itself on a line. Um, and then there are all kinds of other fancy things you can do if you really want to go nuts. Um, for Drupal 8, this module has not been ported yet. Um, and Jason Pomentel is working on that and he would love some help. So anybody who is interested in getting this going for Drupal 8 should reach out to Jason. Yep, it looks so like he's looking uh, for a co-maintainer. Is this a text filter? Yeah. Okay. I call it the module that makes the front end and UX people hate me a little bit less. (laughs) (laughs) 
Does it require, um, is there an external library that does this, or is it just nope. kind of just a collection of, of regexes that goes in yeah, and cleans a bunch of stuff up? It's all, it's, I don't know the magic of how it all works, but it's all, uh, you don't need another library. All just right. need the module. It's fabulous. So it wraps multiple capital letters with span class caps, and it replaces, I don't understand this last one, replaces an equal sign in words with a soft hyphen? To allow hyphenated yeah, line breaks? Do people put equal signs one. in? Huh. Wow. Yeah. If someone out there is listening knows about that one, let us know, because I'm interested <laughs> in what that even means. They yeah. probably wanted a hyphen instead of an equals. Those, those uh, curly quotation marks, that, those make me crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. Not, not having them? Or you hate curly quotation marks. What are you saying? Just, no, no. Just having issues with them. You know, I, I just like consistency. So, you know, I, I don't like, you know, when I look at a blog and see some straight and some curly, that makes me nutty. Right. They're not really quotes. They're, they're feet and inches. <laughs> yes. The straight, straight ones. They're, um, that's what they're for. Cool. All right. That looks like a cool pick. Okay. And Sarah, what's your pick of the week? Uh, mine is the Liberty thing by Mike Drum Liberty theme by Mike Drummond. It's a Drupal eight starter theme, which is cool because you can use Drupal console to choose your theme options and it will build a starter theme for you. So it's got LibSass, which is um the faster uh, version of SAS for I know we were talking about whether um, people need to know about these things as a, as a junior dev, but I think if you're doing front end, you definitely need to look into LibSAS and the SAS preprocessor, and it helps you get some of that architecture set up. And the Drupal console method of building a theme is pretty cool because um, usually in D7 uh, base theme, sub theme setups, you can use Drush and just sort of copy your files. This actually lets you um, give options for the outputted theme. So that that's just a really neat option that I hope a lot of Drupal 8 themes are going to start making use of. Yeah, as soon as you mentioned Mark's name, I realized I actually talked to Mark about this in, um, oh, yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah, he was, he was talking about it a bit at the front end table, and he's been talking about it on the uh, Drupal Twig Slack. Right, so he's been he's been pimping it. So we're actually going to have him on third reference. Um, <laughs> what did I? What did I, I didn't say so, pimp again, did I? Yeah, <laughs> I did really. Yeah, he's been pimping it. Oh, I might yeah. have a real problem. <laughs> the pimpiest podcast ever. Well, it's worth okay. pimping this one. <laughs> well, it makes it makes figuring out the title of our podcast yeah. very very easy. I'm going to announce it right now, even though we're not even done. It's going to be called Pimping GovCon. <laughs> so that's the title of, of this week's podcast. Um, yeah, so we're going to have Mark on in, I believe, a couple of months. We have him scheduled. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so he'll have to pimp that and, and something else because I already pimped it. Now I feel like you're just making fun of me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that theme looks like it's Drupal 8 only. So if you yeah, want to try yeah, it out, yeah. make sure you're on the latest version of Drupal. I don't, I don't know there's like a Drupal 7 backcourt or Drupal console or anything, but. <laughs> I just call yeah. it Drush. Drush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mike, how about some upcoming events? 
Yeah, so nice camp is coming up in about uh, two weeks. I believe I'm going to be there for, I believe, just on Saturday. I'm going to uh, uh, visit up there and, and, and check out nice camp. I've never been to nice camp before. And then uh, GovCon, which you may have heard something about in the past hour or so. Uh, so Wednesday through Friday, July 20th through 22nd. Um, and just give a quick shout out. Um, actually, I think... Well, I know I'm giving a set. I'm, I'm giving a training on um, introduction to Drupal workflow best practices. Uh, it's sold out. It's currently sold out, but there is a waiting list. So if you're interested, sign up on the waiting list. I mean, the nice thing is, if you're on the waiting list and you don't get in, well, you don't have to leave because there's still a full day of sessions that you can go to. Um, but I'm also giving a session, and I think the session's on the following day, on Thursday, the 21st, on uh, writing a custom content migration from Drupal six to Drupal eight. And Ryan has a session scheduled, but for some reason, I think that he had to cancel it. Mm-hmm. So I'm yes, okay. So I'm not going to mention the session that could have been sad, sad trombone. Um, although Ryan, um, Ryan has some big news. Next time we see him on the podcast, we'll have to find out what that big news is. Oh, another. And then Kelly, I know there's two teasers. Wow. And Kelly, there's a cool event up in your uh, neck of the woods. There is. So Design for Drupal is coming uh, July 22nd through 24th, overlapping with GovCon for one day. Sorry. Um, and we're going to focus on all kinds of good front endy stuff um, and design things. But there usually are good uh, back-end sessions, too, for some reason. So. so is this considered like the Boston Drupal camp? Pretty much. It's, yeah. It's, right. So it's, I mean, I think it's kind of like, GovCon, like we're, you know, it's it's our local Drupal camp, but we have a focus. We do um, other as things. opposed to just being, you know, broadly all Drupal. But there, there's use for people to go to it who aren't front end developers. I think so. I'm looking at the sessions this year because um, right. I actually it's conflict. I've had conflicts the last couple of years, and I've not been able to go. Um, so they may have. They may have gone more uh, hardline front endy. Right. Yeah, because I know and, in the past, I mean, it's and been it like if you're, yeah. Yeah, if you're a front end developer, I mean, this is one of the events to go to. Yeah. No, it look it look. I think I think it's really solidly front endy now. I'm looking at this. We've got templates right. and paragraphs and empathy in the enterprise. Um, right. Okay. There's a little getting started with Git. But that's kind of that's the idea of like oh you're you know a front ender and you don't know how to use version control and want want. Um, well, you got to check that box off on the list of ten things you have to know. You should you should know get. <laughs> code review. Um, so got all kinds of all kinds of interesting looking stuff there. All right. Did we? Uh, I think that's that's. I know that we, the Drupal Camp Asheville is coming up later in the summer. That um, I know I'm going to that one as well. Um, but I think that's all that's for the, at least for the next month or so, those are the, 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 I I hate to say the big ones in case I'm missing one, but I know, um, corn can actually, well, I would mention twin cities, but twin cities, I believe is this weekend. And the podcast is probably going to be out after it. So I don't want, I don't want twin cities to think that, um, you know, we're, we're dissing them by not mentioning them because we're, if we had a time machine, we would go back and mention them. Um, and corn camp, I know, is coming up uh, later this summer as well, which is my favorite name for a, a Drupal event. And logo, because it, it's a piece of corn. So, 
Actually, the ear of corn, I think, to be precise. How about instead of the big ones? Those are the ones on our radar. Yeah. That's a much nicer way of saying it. Okay. Have we uh, pimped to upcoming events enough? Oh, golly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to social media. We've got about 80 different uh, social media accounts to read off here. If you want to, you can find uh, all of our fun Drupal Easy tweets at Drupal Easy. Uh, I'm at Andrew M. Riley. Ryan is at Liberator with the 2.0 spelling. Ted is uh, Tepo. <laughs> uh, Mike is Ultimike. Anna is A. Colada. Uh, Kelly, you are Brightbold. And Sarah, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Iron Orchid on Twitter okay. and uh, Sarah Jean on GitHub and D.O. and elsewhere. Awesome. Iron Orchid sounds like a great hard rock metal band. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like, actually one of my favorite novels. Uh, sounds like a Norwegian metal band, like Mike was saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Norwegian metal. <laughs> God, if I wasn't pimping other things so hardly, Norwegian metal band would be a great name. <laughs> hey, they have some awesome metal up in Northern Europe. Where the heck did you pull, pull Norwegian from? That's hysterical. <laughs> How about some five questions to go on some other random tangents? Yeah, I don't even know if Sarah knows what she's, what she's got herself into here. Well, there's one way to find out. Yeah. You want me to do it or do you want to ask? Uh, how about you do it? Uh, you're way more right. practiced than I am. All right, so Sarah, the idea is we don't want you to think too hard on these. Just give us okay. quick answers. You ready? So name something interesting you do outside of Drupal. Uh, let's see. My main hobby is uh, learning Japanese. I, I did it in undergrad, and I've been trying to keep up, but I'm in no way fluent. So have you have you traveled to Japan to, to I, practice? Yeah, in, in college I did. I did like a a couple semesters over there. Do you have like Japanese friends or anything that you can that you can you yeah, know, practice? Yeah, a few, with? but we haven't. Uh, yeah. A few. Yeah, well, those, <laughs> those friends need to take a hard line with you and only communicate with you in Japanese. That is true. It's so easy yeah. to not do that when you're trying to study. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows English, so. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone wants to speak English to me, even though I'm trying to learn the language they speak. It's, I guess maybe they think I'm really bad. <laughs> maybe that. Well, they're taking, they're taking pity on you. you gotta like, oh, let me speak your language. Uh, so, Sarah, name the last piece of software you installed. Um, Drupal VM. That, oh, all right. And what, you, my local you, dev is, uh, is in Drupal VM. So, um, are, are you a new convert to Drupal VM, or have you been using it? using it about a year. And before that, I was, I was doing my own Vagrant setup. So it's not too different than that. It's just a little easier to get rolling. Right. Good deal. Yeah, and, and, and um, Jeff put, and the rest of the team has put a lot of work into it the past year. So it's yeah, a, version three. Um, okay, so what's a goal that you have not accomplished yet, but that's a bit terrifying for you? Mm, speaking at DrupalCon. Do, no, I actually uh, submitted a session with one of my coworkers this year that didn't get picked. I'm going to keep trying. So you mentioned that you've trained before, and have you given presentations at, at other Drupal events? Um, I've given a few camp presentations. Um, I, I spoke at Nice Camp last year, uh, Maryland Camp a few times, uh, GovCon. So yeah, one way up, getting some practice. All right, outstanding. And what's the la- the last exotic animal that you hand fed? <laughs> 
You know, uh, probably a, uh, this doesn't really count. I live in more or less D.C., so you don't see that many exotic animals. So I, probably the most exotic animal that I have hand-fed recently might have been a chicken, which probably doesn't qualify as exotic. And I'm not sure anyone's <laughs> ever used exotic and chicken. Unless it's like a fancy – well, they do have fancy chickens, though. Well, and, and I know chicken. a place that you can rent chickens. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We've, we've talked about that before. That's, that's the best you, I can do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Suburbs, we don't. We don't have. We have squirrels. I mean, you know, sometimes you can go to the zoo and you can hand feed animals at the zoo. Yeah, just don't feed the politicians. politicians. There's a zoo actually not too far from where I am right now in in my little area where you can buy these biscuits and hand feed giraffes. That's it's pretty freaking cool. Wow. Are they British giraffes? Why do they eat biscuits? (laughs) (laughs) That's what. They're just, you know, they're like giant dog treats. They're like rectangular and, you know, they're, you know, they have like giraffe stuff in them. Well, they're not made of giraffes. I'm sure they're not. It's not like, <laughs> they have stuff that giraffes like to eat in them. Okay. Yeah, that was like my go-to, like when, uh, when our kids were younger, um, we, you know, we've had a membership to that zoo for, it's like a kind of a local type of zoo, but then they don't have too much, but the stuff they have is just really, really nice. Um, and that was my go-to place with uh, with my kids when they were little. You know, we'd take half a day and we'd go to the zoo and, you know, they have like a little splash pool thing and feed the giraffes. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that because I've got an 18-month-old and he's really fascinated with, you know, animals now. And I think he'd get a kick out of it. I'm pretty sure you guys have some pretty good zoos. In, we, in we do. We have, there's a Bal- the Baltimore Zoo, the Baltimore Aquarium, the, the DC yeah. Zoo. Exactly. All right. So last question, what was your tipping point Drupal moment? In other words, you were, you know, at some point you discovered Drupal, you were Drupal curious, but then I'm assuming that at some point you decided, wow, this Drupal thing's really cool. This is kind of what I'm going to start doing. You know, this is how I'm going to spend most of my time. Cool. So um, I started doing Drupal around 2008. And before that I was basically a print designer. Um, and, uh, so we, we had this internal site that um, we wanted to put up around something specific. It was one of those uh, dodgy things where IT won't get to it, so marketing decides to do it themselves. Um, and uh, so we were talking about whether we would do it in WordPress or Drupal, and I'd kind of been looking into getting some sort of CMS or another on my resume, so I was like, well, why don't we just do Drupal? <laughs> so so um, I bought using Drupal, and I actually um, went through it cover to cover. Uh, and I, I feel like in hindsight that was an incredibly good move because I think it's that's made my career more or less, and I, I love the community. <laughs> so I didn't actually make it to um, DrupalCon DC because it was full up. So um, wow. it's pretty cool to me that you know we're getting one in the area because that would have been my first one if I had. Yeah, I got permission to go, and the tickets were sold out, and I could probably could have got on wow. the uh, waiting list, you know, in hindsight. But yeah, I had no idea. So Baltimore is going to be cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that DrupalCon DC had sold out. I didn't realize there was a, there was a limit. Yeah, uh, they probably didn't have space. You know, like they were smaller back then, too. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Well, I, that's, I mean, that definitely sounds like a tipping point. That yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I always tell people to get used like to the They're curious. <laughs> yeah, I like the phrase used there that that was a kind of major career. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I think the, I think a lot of us have similar uh, similar moments. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that site was pretty terrible, so I'm not saying that it was like a fantastic site, but 
you know, it started. Well, I mean, but everyone's first sight is usually pretty. Yeah, everyone's first sight is usually pretty terrible. So yeah, yeah. you got to start somewhere. Yep. Maybe that's uh, step right, number so... eleven for junior devs. Understanding your first couple sites are probably going to be horrible. <laughs> there you go. Yes, <laughs> accepting the fact. <laughs> All right, so real quick, Andrew, before you wrap things up, let me just mention webenable.com and devpanel.com, longtime sponsors of our podcast, where you can build, manage, and deploy your both development sites as well as uh, live uh, sites. So you can check them out at webenable.com and devpanel.com. And you can find all the links that we talked about and many, many more at drupaleasy.com slash podcast. You can also uh, listen to the podcast right there on the site. But, hey, if that's not your thing, we're on pretty much everything. iTunes, Google Play, Miro, Stitcher. Pretty much if it does a podcast, we're probably on it. Uh, If not, let us know and we'll probably submit it for you. Um, You can leave us a voicemail. I would really like someone to do this, even if it's kind of weird or unrelated. Um, You can call in the U.S. or a U.S. number 321-396-2340. Yes, my life is that boring. But we do get really excited when we get those voicemails. Yeah, I know. It's I enjoy it. It's kind of interesting. I mean, even if you want to talk about your knitting or just what's going on with your life, it's cool. Mm, absolutely also we now have uh something on reddit we now have a subreddit of drupal easy podcast where we kind of submit stories and vote on if they're going to make the next podcast or not and sometimes we do comments usually not really um but you can check out what's going on there uh so for some upcoming podcasts uh we have well a bunch of people but uh, a couple people i'm going to highlight right now is going to be about higher ed with uh sean dearmond and Mark Drummond talking about component-based theming. Uh, so, and now liber- the liberty-based theme as well now. Oh, yeah, Sweet. and liberty-based theme. <laughs> this is a cool liberty- topic. Yep. Yeah. So uh, look ahead for those and all the things that we uh, teased uh, coming up. Uh, so I uh, just want to say thank you to Sarah Thrasher for coming on and spending time with us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And go to GovCon. We gotta go yeah, to go, to GovCon. go to GovCon. That's right. That's, that. that's why you're here to, you know, <laughs> to pimp to, and, oh, I, I wasn't going <laughs> to say it. I was going to say to encourage people to go to GovCon. <laughs> I have to remove, you know what? You guys are like me with my kids where I'm the, I'm the child and you're the adult. <laughs> now that you're saying it, I can never say it again. <laughs> remove it from your vernacular. It is. It has to be gone because you guys have now made it uncool for me to say. Oh, Well, we've really come full circle on this podcast, haven't we? Really full circle. It's the we're gonna we're gonna send that word off into the sunset. We're gonna name this podcast after that word, then then we're done. Or I'm done with it it. again. Yes. Okay. So I'm Andrew Riley, and this has been Triple Easy Podcast 180. See ya.